Hi, and welcome to Driving Test Tales. I am Terry from the future, just dropping in before the show to give you a quick note that I did have to take some time away from the show. And while I was off, I had to think about the format and which way I wanted to take Driving Test Tales. And I've just restructured it a little bit. So whereas I started off doing it in seasons, it is now just going to be an ongoing series of episodes. It'll be more fluid, won't necessarily be every fortnight. I'm aiming to get at least one episode out a month. But that's why over the first six or seven episodes, you may see a slight discrepancy about me talking on the show, saying season two, when actually... There's no seeds now, it's just an ongoing thing. So thank you for choosing to listen, thank you for listening to this, and I hope you enjoy all the episodes going forward. Driving Test Tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test. So welcome to Driving Test Tales episode four. And if you are enjoying the show, make sure you click in subscribe or follow wherever you're listening and even give it a nice little share as well. But for today, I am joined by the wonderful and marvellous Jessica Tonks. How are you, Jess? I'm great. Thank you, Terry. It's good to have you on board. Uh, this is a first for me, actually, because the previous shows I've done have been my own students and they have and the last one was actually me. I gave my driving test tale, and you're someone that I didn't teach. So, uh, so be gentle on me today, please. I'll try my best. Um, so, yeah, uh, thank you for joining us. To talk about driving test tales. Um, so, the first thing I'm going to ask you is, when did you pass your driving test? I passed my test in July 2016. It's a great year. Great year. Uh, did you pass first time, or did you have to take several attempts? I just did it first time. Well, I took approximately four attempts longer than you then, so <laughs> that's good. Um, what recollections do you have about the test looking back? Um, I do remember. I mean, you only do it, well, once sometimes. Yeah, some of us <laughs> so do you do tend to remember. <laughs> but um, I remember I obviously had like a, maybe an hour bef- before we went and did like a little mini check to see if I knew what I was doing but I don't know if that's always a good idea because then you can get more worked up about it but for me it actually did relax me um and then I went out for my test my driving instructor didn't come with me she stayed in the waiting room um so it was just me and the test person (laughs) (laughs) the examiner yes (laughs) um and I remember coming out of the test center and I made my first minor because he told me to turn left and I started indicating to turn right, which would have took me into the hospital car park. So that was not the right way <laughs> because my left and right are not, not the best. Um, so then we continued and I remember I did a reverse around a corner, which was fine. But I remember there's a lot of people walking around the car, like just crossing the road really slowly and being in the way. So then I was like, oh, I have to wait for ages. And I'm like, I hope I'm not, he doesn't think I'm hesitating. But obviously it was fine. And I think my, I got two minors all together. And I think my other minor was from not checking my mirrors at some point or something like that. Um, and then I just remember going, being really relieved that I didn't have to go on the motorway because I was scared to go on the yeah. slip road. The slip road terrified me. Um, I was glad I didn't have to do a, like any kind of other maneuver. <laughs> because the way I got taught how to do like a parallel park still baffles me to this day and I can do them but not how she taught me to do them right um 
And then we went back to the test centre and he told me I'd passed. I didn't believe him. <laughs> but it was true. Did he offer to change the results? I remember the test I passed. And I'm like, are you, are you serious? I've passed. Well, I can change it. Like, no, don't change it. You did say some interesting things there that I want to want to mention. You said about there was a, a busy junction and, and you were waiting a while. Oh, no. Right? So this was the reverse around the corner right. bit. So there was a, like, I think there was a group of kids or something crossing where I was trying to reverse into. Right. But really, like, just dawdling. Yeah. So then I had to wait for them to come around and make sure they're on the path and out of the way till I could do it. At the time, when you're sat there waiting for those kids to cross, what's going through your brain? you remember? I just remember worrying that you think I was hesitant. It's That's something I hear a lot. Um, and it ties into stuff like junctions. It ties into waiting to do your manoeuvres, and even at roundabouts. And when you step back away from a test and think about it, what else could you have done? You can't run them over. You You kind of have to wait until it's clear but on mm. test day that's not going through, going through your brain is it it's just constantly what's the examiner thinking what's the examiner thinking and, and that's something i work with my guys anyone listening get that out of your brain you don't need to worry about the examiner they're only there to give you directions that's it and mm. then at the end say whether you're passing or which which you obviously got first time how did you find the examiner on the day what was what was the examiner like i really cannot remember <laughs> i just remember it was a, it was a guy Right. But if you can't remember, it couldn't have done anything particularly bad. No. And I think no, that's was, a good thing. Wasn't there um, a scarring experience? Right. No, I think that's good. Examiners shouldn't necessarily be remembered. But you, what about your instructor? How well do you remember your instructor? I remember her well. I actually ended up having two because I had a misconception that I wanted to learn with a male instructor. And I was only looking for anyone who could recommend a male instructor because I thought they'd be more calm as an instructor. They wouldn't get panicky and flippy. And that's how I thought I would do with a, with a woman instructor. And I was right. <laughs> <laughs> In my experience, she was very easily like worked up, even though she had the pedals as well. Like she, I don't know if she forgot that it wasn't just me controlling the car. And she'd get a bit panicked with me. Right. So was she your first instructor? So she was the second one. What so the you... first one, I got, like, he basically made a lot of excuses all the time to cancel my lessons. Right. And I was like, well, is, if anyone should be doing that, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, you're obviously not very committed to this. So I just, I only had, like, the five lessons that you paid for, like, as a pack and then found someone else. What can, what was the big differences between the two? I know you said one was unreliable, but did they have different teaching techniques or were it similar? Or I really can't remember much of the first one. I don't feel like there was much progression. I mean, we only had five. It was only five lessons, so there yeah. wasn't much to do. I just remember doing going to an industrial estate and going and surf like loops around this bit for ages and ages, and then we just kept going back there and back there and back there. And I never drove to it. He always drove us to it. So I was like, I don't know if this is going to lead anywhere. But, um, yeah, he just wasn't for me. <laughs> One, I mean, I'm going to touch on that, actually, because the, the guests I've had on previously both came to me for lessons from different instructors. And they, you know, when I asked for advice and tips, uh, they both said, you know, don't necessarily settle on the first instructor you come to. You need to find one that's right for you. So I'm guessing that's something that you'd recommend as well. 
Yeah, definitely. Like you're not tied in to that person. They don't necessarily work with you. If you feel like you're not getting anything out of it, then you wouldn't continue. Can you remember your first ever driving lesson? I remember being baffled by the clutch <laughs> and finding the biting point. Can you remember what you did, the car your first ever lesson was in? Are you talking about your van? I am talking about my van. Uh, where was that? That I, was uh, the escape in Castleford, wasn't it? Yeah, in the escape car park. I don't remember if you just let me like reverse backwards into a space. Or do we just go forwards into spaces? Maybe it was that. I think we went forward through the spaces and I had a sudden panic when they started the car moving that, crap, what if you don't know which one the brake is? <laughs> and then when I was telling you to brake and it was taking a minute to realise we're getting closer and closer to the lampposts and eventually stopped the car and it were like, hmm, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> Leave it to the professionals. <laughs> so it's odd how far we've come since then. When was that? Yeah. That must have been about 15 years ago. Oh, 2009? Yeah, so, yeah, 12, 13 well, years ago, yeah. Anyway, um, just where you're driving lessons and your actual driving lessons, not lessons with me randomly before I was an instructor, um, was there anything you found difficult about learning to drive or anything you found easy? Oh, yeah. Um, I found all the manoeuvres really hard. And I found when to change gears took me a while. When was the right time? Like, I wouldn't, I feel like I need to know, like, 10 miles per hour, 20 miles per hour, not necessarily because you hear the revs, however. Yeah. Like I needed it to be like a benchmark. So I got used to that. Um, Maneuvers, the way that I was taught was very like, look at this sticker, then follow that. I don't know what you do, <laughs> but it didn't work for me. Like reverse until you lose the curve. Whereas I'm really good at parallel parking and it's because I can see where the cars are. It's right. not because I've used a triangle that I've drawn on my windscreen. <laughs> You know what I mean? No, it's interesting you say that because, and again, this isn't a criticism to any other instructors. People have different ways of working and it's fine, but I don't use the method you just spoke about. I let people find their own way, kind of like you just said. And I I always use the example, when I get someone from another instructor and they do this parallel park and they pull up alongside the car and they say, I'm going to pull up so the the wing mirror is here. Yeah. And I say, what if it's a stretch limousine? How far are you going to go down to get over to this car to reverse back? Or if it's a smart car, so you know where to go. I think everything's different. And, and yeah. one of the problems when, like you said, you set this, do this, do this, do this, do this. What if it's a van? What if it's a stretch limousine? What if it's a skip your parallel parking round? Mm. Um, I think they're all key points. But did you develop the, that those parking skills after your test then? Yeah, definitely. I was always on them people who go drive around the car park looking for space with nothing around it but now I'm not since I worked with cars I can park like a boss (laughs) park like a boss so what made you want to drive in the first place so I actually like when I was at college everyone was learning to drive at 18 like as soon as they could but the parents paid for all the lessons like they didn't really have to pay for it themselves and I was like well even if I learned and I could afford the lessons I can't afford a car at 18 um, and then I was obviously after uni, so I was like, well, I don't need a car at uni. So I only decided I'd learn to drive when I got a proper job after uni. Um, so it just made more sense because I'd be able to afford it as well. So basically, as soon as I started my graduate job, I started lessons. I think it was maybe only a month after I got like my first paycheck. Um, and the main, and then 
within that job, I was asked to travel a lot for work. So I did a lot of airport runs, like driving down to London. Um, I'd try and get lifts to the airport if I could, but if I couldn't, then I'd need to, like, it was helpful if I could drive myself there. Um, so I was under like a lot of pressure from where I worked to pass. So they really wanted to push my like driving because that would help them as well because it was a small company. Um, so they actually did pay for some of my lessons to like push that along. So instead of having like maybe one one hour lesson a week, I was having like two hour lessons a week, which helped a lot because you learn a lot more in the two hours like yeah. together rather than one two what one hours. So is that so, what you would suggest then to people, if if possible, have a longer session? Yeah, definitely. Because all the bit you do messing around at the beginning and make sure you set up and your seat's fine and everything's checked, you're only doing it once in one lesson. Yeah. So if you have a bit, I feel like you get an hour and a half worth of teaching in a two-hour lesson, whereas in a, an hour, like you only get 45 minutes, half an hour in an hour lesson. Yeah. Um, just... Touching on your travels for a second, um, your travels to uh, Bangladesh uh, resulted in one of my favourite things ever that still sticks in my brain, which is just the hashtag Bangladesh. Um, I know, that's... I work with them now and I'm like, I want to go back to Saka relive the Bangladesh days. <laughs> yeah, I just love that hashtag. I thought it was brilliant. Um, but you, you spoke there about being under a lot of pressure um so that your work was putting you under pressure to pass and I suppose you were putting yourself under pressure just so you could make it easier to get to the airport and do all the overdriving you want to do how did you handle that pressure well sometimes like I'd get so I'd be at work and I'd always do my lessons after work so she'd pick me up and then we'd go in the car and my brain was all like all the work I'd be doing that day it was it was very hard to focus on the actual driving so sometimes it felt like I totally regressed from whatever we touched on before so I feel like that did hinder the progression a bit because I was the pressure didn't help, obviously. But then the extra long lessons did help. It was a bit swings and roundabout. But then with the the pressure from my work, because I told my driving instructor that I needed to learn quicker because I was doing XYZ, she took that as her being under pressure. Right. So her teaching technique changed that she's like, well, you still got to learn this, 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 and this before you test. And she's like, right, we're doing this, we're doing that. She's like, you're not doing enough of this. And I'd be like, whoa, like, <laughs> why have we gone from like not to a hundred? Um, but then she was, I remember one occasion we were driving down the street. I used to live, right? So she was, there was parts, like there didn't used to be, but it's near a hospital. So there's parts, cars down at both sides of the road. Um, and she's like, right, I want you to turn right at the next junction. And I knew exactly where that junction was because I lived on that street. So I started indicating and turning. And she's like, well, what are you doing? How do you know where that junction was? You couldn't see it. There's all them parts cars. And I'm like, I used to live there. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, she totally flipped at me. And I was like, look, don't have a go at me. Like, that doesn't help. Like, I know, like, why? Like, there's no trust then, is there? Yeah. She's just thinking I'm like freeballing it. Like, that was her taking that pressure on herself. When really it was me who needed to pass. So you needed someone to help you release the pressure rather than someone else to add more. Yeah, basically. It's interesting how you describe that because, that's a, again, this isn't a podcast aimed to criticise other instructors, but that's the sort of thing I hear a lot about being shouted at when you make mistakes or do something unexpected or, or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and I put myself in those shoes, and I think I probably would have asked you, you know, if you'd done something that I didn't expect you to do, I probably would have asked you. 
but what's point That's in shouting? You know, why are you, how are you new to turn there, for example? Mm. Um, but it wouldn't have been shouting at you. It wouldn't have been confrontational. It would have been more curiosity. Mm. And I think that, you know, I know you stayed with that instructor and went on to pass, but anyone listening now, if you've got someone on your list that's shouting at you and making you feel uncomfortable, and like you said, losing that trust or that bond, find someone else. That's mm. not what you need in your life. Your driving lessons, as much as they're going to be stressful because you're learning to learning something new in, in a high-pressure environment where you could, you know, have an accident, they still want to be a bit enjoyable. They still want to be a bit fun. And if you find someone to work with and that, that you get on with and that, that treats you right, then that's a, a good place to start. But I think mm. that brings us on nicely to me asking you, um, what advice or what tips would you provide to anyone that was either learning to drive or had the test upcoming now? Um, so when I had my test booked, my mum didn't know when it was. My friends didn't know. I think maybe my work knew just because they guessed I'd booked the day off. Yeah. Have it. Um, I even got ready for work at the same time because I lived at home. So my mum just thought I was off to work, but really my driving instructor picked me up. And then that in itself took a lot of pressure off because no one's asking me about it. No one's wanting to know when it is or how it went, nothing like that. And I could just completely focus on the fact I was just going to go do my test. And I even, like the fact I had all this pressure on me, I said, "There's failing's not happening. You're not failing. There's not an option of failure. And then the whole way I drove through that, I was like, I don't think I've ever concentrated so hard while driving. Like I was so focused on what I was doing and what I know what I knew that I was like, I'm passing this. And I've never had that attitude about anything else since. <laughs> but obviously it works, so I should. Yeah. I mean, it clearly did summer. I think that um it's a good attitude. So I'm slightly concerned that you're not focused on your driving while you're driving now. But what if most focus is when you have a test, Terry. Yeah, but I kind of like that because it shows the difference for different people because you found it easier not to tell people, whereas some people find it harder keeping it a secret. So I think that's key as well. It's it's doing what's right for you on the day. And I think that, that, that that's big. And like you say, by not telling people for you, that's enabled you to have less pressure on because you don't have to worry about anyone else. So I think that's a good approach to what's right for you, mm-hmm. which... Then brings me into the, the new section of the show that I'm introducing, which is where I'm asking you to tell me about your current driving. So just tell me a little bit about, since you've passed your test, how you found driving, what benefit you've had, what problems you've encountered, and my favourite bit, what pet peeves you've developed, what idiocy you've seen on the road. Oh, there's some days when I go out and I'm like, why are you on this road with me? Why are you here? <laughs> Like cars that just pull out and just think, well, someone's going to let me out, aren't they? So I'm just going to hang here in the way till someone takes pity. Actually, my biggest, biggest one is emerging road or a queue. I'm waiting and I've been waiting there 10, 15 minutes. But this guy thinks he doesn't have to queue. He'll just go <laughs> to the front and someone will let him in. And they do let him in. And I'm like, I'll drive bumper to bumper so they won't get in. And I'm like, you're not getting in front of me. I'm not being the one to let you in. Um, I don't know if that annoys anyone else. Are people just stopping in front of you for no reason? As if I knew that was going to happen. There's a lot, Terry. A lot have happened recently. Fair enough. Um, um, and then my driving in terms of that, like I mentioned before, I've worked with cars. So when I was doing that, I got very, very good at getting a car into a very tight space. 
with like directions on which way to turn the wheel, like this bit and this bit. So that really helps me develop my parking skills and my confidence in driving. Also made me really like fast cars. Also made me drive like a bi racer. So <laughs> that's gone now because the fast car's gone. But it is definitely an attitude thing I found. Might when you see certain bit. cars doing certain <laughs> driving, you know that it's actually the car that made them that way. <laughs> um, can you remember where the first drive was you went? So when you passed your test, can you remember where your first proper drive was? Well, pick up my car. I had to go on the train to pick my car up, which was in Macclesfield. So then I had to drive that back to Pontefract, <laughs> which was like an hour or so with yeah. my friend who had passed his test but I, it's, I don't think he did he have a car at the time no he didn't have a car so I got the train um so yeah he was with me in the passenger seat made me go to like an industrial estate and proved to him that I could do an emergency stop before <laughs> he would come on the motorway with me and we drove all the way in the I think we may have overtook a couple of cars but most of the time we were in the left-hand lane the whole way I mean I'm slightly concerned that you think an emergency stop in a residential area is the same no, as a industrial stop. estate. On an industrial estate is the same as a motorway. But I mean, you know, yeah, whatever. there's no cars, but <laughs> I could do it. Yeah. Um, so motorway on your first trip back, and you said you were pleased you didn't have to go on there. How do you find motorways now? Oh, they don't bother me. Oh, well, that's good. So um, we appreciate you for joining us today, sharing your experience around the test and your lessons and some, some wonderful tips there for people and your pet peeves on driving. Uh, and I would definitely concur with them. Uh, when you're in a nice queue and someone just comes bombing down, it's there's there's a time and a place for it. Um, it's when they do it, when it's inappropriate that, that, that riles me. Either way, I want to know a little bit about you, Jess. Tell me a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about Jess Bakes Vegan and tell me where people can find more Jess goodness. Oh, so much. Um, so I've been vegetarian since I was nine years old. Um, and then in 2020, I became vegan. I think now because there's a lot more on the market, it didn't seem as daunting. And I think you'll agree. Um, so now when people are like how, how do you do it what about cheese I'm like oh, I don't mind it I'm totally adjusted I don't even miss chocolate or anything like that <laughs> do a bit um but yeah that so that in turn inspired me in the lockdown 2020 to learn how to bake vegan because in turn although there's a lot of other things in the on the market there isn't really cake much no my I have a very sweet tooth and unless you just want to eat dark chocolate all day there wasn't really much around so that's when I learned how to bake cupcakes firstly. But they all at first turned out looking like little Yorkshire puddings <laughs> until I learned what was the best way to like take it's the eggs that because they should take the eggs out, obviously change the milk, don't use butter, stuff like that. And once I figured that out, I started showing well, I took them around for a few people. Like I remember it was Father's Day, I think I took them to like to the family and they're like oh these are really good would you sell them and I'm like oh I don't know if it's worth it like is it too much hassle like to do all the stuff involved and when I looked into it it wasn't as much legwork as I thought and you would make a profit which is important yeah <laughs> so I was like oh okay I'll roll this out we'll see what happens and like I just got a really really good response when I first started doing it and like just keep like it's up and down but it's nice to have that going on in the background as something that I can fall back on a bit 
So I keep it up, doing my bakes. And now I do cakes as well for like occasion cakes. I've been booked. I've got a wedding cake next week. I've got a wedding, a bigger one next year. So it's like, you know, it is nice to do something and know that there's people celebrating around your cake. Yeah. <laughs> like it's got, it's, it made me realize that memories that come from so many places and like having that cake there on the side that you've paid for and it's decorated and it's like an extra effort. People appreciate it and you're providing that joy to them. And it's just a nice feeling. I didn't even think about when I started doing it. Well, I can definitely vouch for your buns and your cookies. I think that they're all wonderful. You always call them buns. It amuses me. Um, It's just my childish brain. I'm sorry. Um, What, where can people find you? So we obviously you, you're called Jess and your business is called Jess Bakes Vegan. Where can people find more about Jess Bakes Vegan? So I have a Facebook page for those who prefer the Facebook. So I put, usually post the same kind of things on there as I put on my Instagram page, which is they're both the same tagline. Um, although my Instagram now one has MCR on the end to show that I'm in I'm Manchester based. Right. Saying those looking for Manchester cupcakes or cakes, that's uh, and cookies, which I can post so they're nationwide. Yes. And Speaking uh, of your cookies, um, we actually teamed up this year, didn't we? So that anyone that passes their test with with myself at TC Drive gets a free batch of Jess uh, Bates vegan cookies. So even if the deal wasn't sweet enough that you've passed your test, you also get cookies. There's there's so, motivation for you. I mean, they're not handed to you on the day of your test, but they will come as an extra surprise, which is even better, I think. Yeah, uh, I would agree. And like I said before, I highly recommend it. Uh, those links for, for Jesse's Instagram and Facebook will be in the show notes, so you can find them there. I'm going to uh, throw you under the bus just a little bit to end up, Jess. Um, oh. You mentioned about being vegan and being baking, and I know so you're also taking more of a, a more eco-friendly route as well. Could there potentially be a podcast in the line for Jess? <laughs> well, we'd like to think so. I look, I do like having a chat, and I do like having the direction. I think it has pretend, it has legs, doesn't it? Definitely has legs, and uh, you heard it here first, folks. We've got a, a driving <laughs> test tales exclusive there, um, <laughs> and I, I fully intend to be guest number one on said podcast. I don't think I'd survive if you weren't guest number one. I think I'd be cut off. We we cannot end the show on a better note than that. So thank you for joining us today, Jess. It's been great having us on, having you on even. Thanks for having us on. (laughs) No problem. Um, Yes, and uh, thank you guys for listening. It's uh, always a pleasure and always an honour that you guys take time to listen. And I said at the start of the show, make sure you subscribe and follow and like the show. And if you're feeling extra generous, go and leave us a nice five-star review as well. Driving Test Tales with Terry Cook. Stories from real people on how they pass their driving test.